Good morning, and welcome to East Tennessee Now, a weekly public affairs program featuring some of the people and organizations that make our community such a great place to live, work, and raise a family. Here's your host for East Tennessee Now. Good morning, and thank you so much for joining me. I'm Michelle Silva. If you have someone in your life between the ages of 10 and 24, maybe it's a relative, maybe it's a a friend, maybe it's a neighbor, there's one place they need to be on October 8th, and that is at the Museum of Appalachia. And not just for the tour, as Mary Millsaps will tell you. <laughs> About to get underway with Operation Angel Wing, program coming up for young adults. Mary Millsaps and Zeke Vanderpool are both the co-founders and joining us this morning. And So good to be here. It Thank is. you. Thank we've, you. We've had a great pre-conversation, and now we're bringing that out to our listeners. And I think it's just amazing, and I can't believe I haven't heard of Operation Angel Wing and tell us Zeke what Operation Angel Wing is what sure. it's about. You want me to take this one? Mary's um, pointing at you yeah. and I'll tell you listeners out there these two work so well together so <laughs> Zeke you want to start? I sure will. <laughs> so Mary and I co-founded this Operation uh, Angel Wing nonprofit uh, around eight years ago. Um, I had just come off of 23 years of of service with uh, Army Special Operations and the National Guard and had transitioned back into my civilian law enforcement career in federal law enforcement. Um, And I was, I I emerged from that uh, with a really deep desire after I retired to help our brothers and sisters and our our first responders, the servant hearts, uh, and their families through the wreckage that happens on the other side of the battlefield, uh, behind the closed doors when the guns are silent, um, and <clears throat> several events brought me to that, but it set me on that track, and uh, I wasn't quite sure how I was going to do it. I just knew that's what I was going to do. About a year later, I came across Mary uh, up in North Carolina when I was briefing first responders on some Homeland Security stuff. Uh, she had brought me in to brief her first responders, and here's this lady who has had 20 years in emergency medicine all the way from she calls it the ditch to the desk where she was like search and rescue and, and EMT all the way up through uh, occupational health administration and so knew, knew the system also was this incredible healer of trauma and if you her history with abuse and with trauma is phenomenal in itself but she emerged from that with um, this incredible ability to help people through and um, so we came together and realized that we kind of had the same idea which was to help our first responders, our veterans, our military members and their families, their communities through the devastating effects of traumatic stress. So when when we figured out we had the same mission statement, um, there is no coincidence that is the mission statement of Operation Angel Wing. And that's what we do. Start in by talking about the event that's coming up on October 8th. You want to talk about the event right now? Yeah. So that's how... That, that's that's what's got us here And that's today. your passion right it, now. It, it is. That's the focus right now. It is. <laughs> it is. So um, just to kind of follow on what Zeke was saying as far as our history and me being a medical responder, um, before that, though, I was a, a child of abuse. And the topics that we're going to be discussing on this 90-minute workshop prior to the festivities of the event is, is suicide prevention, substance abuse, and domestic violence. Um which is our program called Safety First. Um, so struggling our, our youth, everybody talks about prevention and the mental health realm and what we can do. 
Uh, Most of it is awareness that we see because we don't know what we should be doing. But if we're investing in our youth and the families, then we are changing our tomorrow as far as the impact that we're going to have positively on this uh, mental health crisis, which we like to call the humanitarian crisis. And I'll give you a little little bit of framing the mental health problems that we're are there that we're facing now. That we're facing yeah. now, and that is that we have 168 million mental health diagnoses in the United States. That's about half of our population. Wow. And that's just the diagnosed ones, right? That's the diagnosed exactly. ones. Um, so that's about half of our population, and we have about 250 names through a DSM-5 that those those uh, those that, that name those diagnoses, and then that, that DSM connects that diagnosis to a code that is a billing code, and it that's how you are going through the system and getting help. So for those that don't have benefits or don't want to be tracked through a financial um, through financial means of like mm-hmm. their insurance being tagged for psychiatric help, or they don't want to access the resources because the statistic the statistics are telling us that they are not accessing half the population is not accessing the benefits and resources that are out there and we we kind of as an organization wanted to know why that is so when we started diving into it we were going wow it's because there's nothing that is safe right that 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 half of them can feel that they can go into without diving in and trying to navigate a really muddy system and it wasn't designed to be that way but it's a reality Mm -hmm. it's not it's not a stigma of the mental health industry It's it's a reality so we created an organization that catwalks in between integrative wellness and the industry itself because we, we can do a lot on the post intervention, post-intervention, and post-traumatic growth side, but we have to somehow get them back to the industry and understanding how to, how to use and utilize the industry. There's a ton of resources there. So from beyond the, the 250 names of those those diagnoses, we're going to drop down, and you only have about 300,000 licensed professionals in the United States. Mm-hmm. So we're doing great at, like, identifying mm-hmm. disease and, and, and mental health disorders but and naming them, but we don't have enough resources to meet the demand. We're, we're, this is a, not a mental health crisis anymore. It's a humanitarian crisis. So not only do we have a lot of cleanup that we have to do, like with our population and our demographics as far as adults, but we – really need to start turning now back toward our youth and focusing there on youth and family. So the event that we're having on October 8th actually is open where there's a 90-minute workshop. There'll be 30 minutes to go over each topic. We explain the neurobiology around trauma, but it's in a very, we take a very comprehensive neuroscience language and we create it to where teens and young adults and even family members can understand it. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it answers a why as to why things are happening. They're not broken, but they are losing something over time, and we help them identify that. So um, it's a, after that, I know that seems pretty heavy that we're going to spend 90 minutes on a workshop prior, but once it's finished, then we're going to go into the festivities of the day, and we have artists that are coming in. Zeke will be playing music. He mentioned he was a singer-songwriter. Yes, and your music, it's music with meaning. Yes, ma'am. Do um, yeah. you want to explain that? Well, so sidebar, sidebar, sidebar. Okay. (laughs) Um, I played the guitar since I was a kid. I just picked it up and it was my, my outlet growing up in a small coal mining town up in East Kentucky. It was kind of like my way to just, just deal with things. And, uh, that just parlayed through really all of my life. And I, I began to write songs 
that really honestly, Michelle, were just for me and my brothers in between deployments on the lake bank with a mason jar of classified substance around a campfire. That clear um, stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but when we started this organization and, and, and we knew up front that the, the biggest challenge probably would be uh, overcoming the reluctance for people to reach for help. Because our people with servant hearts, our first responders, our, our veterans, our service members, you know, they're the first ones to help someone when they need it. That's just how they're mm-hmm. wired. It just is in their DNA. But they are the last ones to ask for help. And so we knew that the challenge here is to overcome that. And, and Mary said, she goes, we're going to take your music in there. I said, uh, the heck we are. We're, we're not doing that. And she goes, oh, yeah, we are. And I'm like, okay. So I had to practice a lot to feel like I could even remotely do justice to that. But we did. We went in uh, and we would set up and we would we would do a, a set at VFWs, American Legions, wherever veterans were present. And inevitably, someone, one or two, would be like, son, I've lived that song. And now, we, now we've got them because we're relevant. Now we mm-hmm. have a connection that transcends that reluctance, right? And it creates a safe place, psychologically safe place where people, so the reciprocity in that is trust. And that's, that's the biggest challenge out there for people. So that was one of the ways that we learned to really establish the relevance and the trust uh, just by connecting. Because what, what is music? Music is story. Like meaningful music is, is narrative of, of one's life and of life experience. And so um, that has proven to be a, a really valuable tool for us uh, in connection. So. And so that should connect with young adults, too, when mm-hmm. you're talking about the activities for that day. And you were going along the list, and that's why we had the sidebar of Zeke telling us about his music and how it has, you know, brought those connections and able it's, it's to. It's healing, and it's healing. been healing for me. Uh, I never realized it would it would it would help with others like that. Uh, so I'm very thankful for that. I by no means um, portray myself as as a you know high profile artist out there on any level, but it doesn't matter if 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 ten people laugh at my music, but one person is is like connected and brought across that divide that makes it all worthwhile i got a pretty thick skin (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure your music is great um everyone in attendance on october 8th for the operation angel wing program for young adults will be able to hear some of your music this is at the museum of appalachia and mary you were going down the list of activities and i I stopped you when we were talking about some music being there as well because we talked about how you will have that 90 minute workshop there'll be different activities you want to tell us about some of the other of course events going on after the after the 90 minute workshop we'll we'll kick off the festivities um and, that, and it looks like this. I mean, you have um, Chief Davis of Anderson County High School brings in junior ROTC locally, and they present the colors. Um, and then it will open up, and there's food. There will be a barbecue dinner there, and we have um, just a ton of things that's going on. Bear Stevenson locally here will be the auctioneer, and we, it's kind of become a staple of the program that when – you know, the local women bake pies, cakes, and they just floods in. And then he auctions these pies and cakes off to the Aww, audience. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, and it's a way, it's a, it's a really awesome community that kind of just gathers around and creates this this environment that we're, like, just really proud of. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's, it is a community um, event, but we are truly focused on the youth with it. And, and what it does for us as an organization is it gives us an 
it gives us a place that we can actually talk about programming and what we offer beyond that and, um, and what we offer to our youth as well as the adults. Um, some of those programs is transformational leadership, therapeutic narrative, expressive writing, music, art. Um, and then we also have the equine therapy program. Um, we are going to be breaking ground in 2024 on an integrative wellness center. So we'll have everything kind of headquartered in one. And where Operation, will that be? That will be, there will be two of those. There will be one in North Carolina and then the operations will still be run here in Andersonville. Anderson. Oh, nice. And uh, cause we do, I don't know, did I mention that you are a national organization and we're very fortunate to have Operation Angel Wing a program our organization affiliation right here in Anderson County, Andersonville being specific and targeting several different topics during this event for young adults on October 8th, as I keep mentioning, um, Zeke and Mary, who are co-founders of Operation Angel Wing, talking about suicide prevention. And we've been hearing a lot about the new suicide number, shortening it to three numbers, Yes, that that is nine eight eight. Nine eight eight is the national uh, suicide uh, hotline now. And we're talking about suicide in young adults. And you were throwing some numbers out there, Zeke, right. earlier. Um, and so I just found, it's like, yeah, we kind of hear about it, but you don't hear about so much in the news because we don't even. I know as being a reporter uh, or being in the news for so long, we don't report suicides per se is that you know hey there was suicide like we do like shooting mm-hmm. so sometimes you don't hear about so when you do hear some numbers you're kind of like shocked and taken back it is uh, you know there are just some topics that uh are uncomfortable and and mm-hmm. people don't talk about them, whether it's domestic violence abuse things like that but the reality here is that uh in our youth ages 12 to 24 years old right here in our country in every small town and big city Suicide is the number two killer of our youth. The only thing that takes more of our youth is accidental death, distracted driving, uh, just like the dangers of, of youthful decisions. But more of them take their own lives than any other cause of death. And and so that's that's unacceptable. And anybody that hears that, it ought to just like get, let that settle for a minute because um, and, and let that land right on your chest because we have to to do something about this. This is not, it's not acceptable. It's not okay. And it's time, time to get in front of it. And that's one of the things I love about our event is that, and and Mary said it so well, is that we, we literally have a sense of community within and connection to community within this event. So yeah, Chief's going to bring in the colors with his JROTC. And it's always so good because we are a very patriotic organization, obviously from where we come from, we're a faith-based organization. Um, but once once the, the, the workshop for these kids is over and the colors are brought in, we're also going to celebrate local community heroes to us. We're going to celebrate Anderson County Mayor. We have um, one of the, the sheriff's deputies coming in. We have a veteran um, that we're celebrating. We have several. But it's it's the part of connecting these kids with their communities. And so what, like, one of the best things about this is on the tail end of all of that, we have a campfire connection event to where we go out uh, around, we'll, we'll build a fire out there at the museum. they got tons of fire pits, and we will put our youth and our veterans together around this fire pit, and mm-hmm. they will connect with their own with story, with, with their own life experience. You want to talk about something incredible to see that 
like that's kind of a the the synergy that happens. Those are two demographics that worlds apart, worlds apart that don't have a voice. And when they come together, they realize they're not worlds apart. You ask any veteran who went over uh, and fought and came back, you know, why, why'd you do that? One of their top reasons is going to be to secure the future for the youth of this country to make, make it safe and secure. And then you take the youth who have, I mean, their arena is brutal these days. Let's just face it. The, the, the arena these kids are coming up in with social media, with all the things going on uh, and the information that gets jammed at them, it's brutal. And so they have their own war stories just from coming up through their arena. But when you put these people together and you watch them connect, the magic that happens, it's awesome. So that's that's definitely our goal is to give them some, some real tools and understanding to deal with the suicide and, and the anxiety and the depression. And we're very good at doing that. We will spend an hour and a half with them. And granted, that's a condensed version, but it's always good. And then we'll roll them into community connection and we'll put them around a campfire with veterans and other community leaders. Then you watch what happens. It's powerful. It's important to give them a voice. Yeah. Um, children, children, and young adults will will navigate to want to and 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 I guess let's just like better terms. They will migrate together, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to go to adults. Uh, you, it, so if we know that, if we know that children are grouping together and they're going to lean and ask for each other's help first then why are we not empowering them with the skills and the trauma-informed education that they need to identify the suicidal ideation in each other, in each other along with um, that the earmarks of substance abuse, right? Or if a child is struggling, how to say something, how to report that if you know that they're being abused at home. So we've got a lot of resources, but the problem is you're not going to get the children to walk through the front door of that. So we have to we have to teach our children. We have to teach them how to lean on each other and identify it in that youth community and then be able to connect. And there's a parallel right there. We just talked about the reluctance within the first responder, the veteran community to serve in hearts. And it is it's a reluctance, but it's just what we do when we go into organizations such as first responder organizations and we create a group from within. We teach them the trauma informed piece and we give them a relevant internal group of people that we'll always support, but now people are going to come to them when they will go to no one else, oftentimes before things get out of hand. Why wouldn't we do that with children? Why would we do that with our youth? Mm -hmm. Give them the skills and the knowledge and and empower them in a voice to where all of a sudden, okay, I understand a whole lot more about what's going on. I know there's a way through it. I have tools to help my friends get through it, And, and you just... In, in my opinion, you just change the game for them in the midst of an arena who throws a whole lot of problem sets at them and gives them very few solutions. That's what we're doing. And you've been doing this for eight years now, so mm-hmm. you have seen the positive effects that come out of it. 100%. You yeah. want to speak to that? Well, we, we've also done an independent study. We have something called this six-week protocol, and it is very it's trauma-informed. It's very heavy just strictly working on trauma and it runs you through that protocol within in six weeks and on the other side of that you are now hitting the ground running in post-traumatic growth so you're learning to rebuild your life and live beyond whatever those traumas are um and we've got about a 96 percent success rate on that so we've been doing this for a while now which is basically phenomenal and, and, and I want to just say that, I mean, I know that we're like hyper-focused on our veterans, our service members, our first responders, like I said, the communities, their families. But we, 
bottom trauma is a human condition. Trauma is a human event, and and there are some very um, very uniform ways initially that that humans react to trauma. That, mm-hmm. that when you go in and you identify and show people the why, she talks about first thing somebody asks is why is this happening to me. So when you go in and give them that, then they understand that. Now they can see the how. How do I get through it? They realize maybe I'm not like broken. I'm not going to accept that this is my new normal for the rest of my life, and I'm not going to just become bitter and angry and defensive towards the world and keep mm-hmm. everything away from me. Uh, I'm just I'm, I'm actually I have the ability to recover from this and to move forward almost as if it were an injury instead of w- what people refer to as a disorder. You'll never hear it's us do a, that. It's an empowerment mm-hmm. of hope, truly, because, but we're not just doing it as a management to like, like help you feel better on the day that you're there with us. Mm-hmm. We want them to know that there is a little bit of work involved on the part of the teen or the young adult, but it's worth it. The reward is for themselves and for, I'm going to say, their brothers and sisters in their community. Right. So that's that, that's the whole point of this is, is, is to empower them. And, and I will quote Hemingway here. I'm probably going to mess this up. But he he tells he had a, a, a quote that said, we want to leave the world in a better place than we found it. And the only way that we're going to do that is if we invest in our youth. You're absolutely right. And, you know, for those of you all just joining us or maybe just popped us on radio, uh, Operation Angel Wing, Angel Wing. That's what we're talking about with Mary Millsap and Zeke Vanderpool, co-founders, talking about a program coming up for young adults on October 8th over at the Museum of Appalachia. And uh, real quickly, is this a, is this this is open to anyone in this community? Basically, we're targeting people ages 10 to 24. But like what times and fees? So targeting and, 10 you, to 24 would mm-hmm. be the target for the workshop for okay. sure. Um, anyone is welcome in that workshop. Um, but we, we really encourage um, our veterans and our our community leaders and adults in general to come and participate all day long with us and go through this because it's that connection. It's that we, we have to be able to mentor and lead and connect everyone here to do it. And so um, the event's awesome. It's just a fun day with good food and celebrating our community leaders uh, on top of that. It, it's patriotic. Um it is, you know, a very and, and faith bring, based. Yeah, bring a youth. Bring, bring, you know, a veteran can bring like a youth. Any, if you, you don't have to be a parent. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, just bring someone from the neighborhood that you know is struggling that needs this, and then set with them through the workshop. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're if you're a fifty year old retired responder and you've got a youth there, set with them, learn what they're learning, know what they, know what's being taught to them, and that's going to make a that's going to create that community of trust. Mm-hmm. And you're targeting suicide, depression, anxiety, substance abuse, and substance abuse, domestic violence, domestic violence, which is safety first, which means now, how does that relate to, because I think of domestic violence as far as being like 10 years old, how would that affect someone who's 10? Well, oh, why is it a well, concern? Well, we could, we, we may, we may open Pandora's box here, but, um, so if you're 10 years old and you're being abused at home, um, there's things there. In a human life, there is a developmental phase of it, and then there is it flips some at some point, and it becomes a a value of life, right? So, the kids are going through developmental stages where they need to have certain things, and this goes back to like the old psychology stuff of um, you know hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. But but truly, uh, in a human life, a child needs to have safety, 
it needs to have um, somewhat control. There needs to be reward versus, you know, consequence. And if a child is being abused, none of that is happening. So it, the child is just in survival mode. It's it's learning how just to navigate a very, a very dark and hard life. So mm-hmm. those skills that they need to develop and should be developing is is being lost. When we said earlier that they're losing something along the way. Most of the time in the children that we work with, we find out that safety was the first to go. When safety went, then their control, they lost control. So all of that bad behavior and that they turn into those teens that are angry Mm -hmm. and don't know what they're feeling. It's coming from a sense of of that loss of control. And what we'll teach that to them in a very, very lay language where they understand it and it it hits home. And that's how we that's how we move them forward. Once they understand why something is happening to them, why they feel a certain way, they're empowered to move themselves. We don't really have to do much beyond that other than guiding, guiding them. So um, I hope I answered your question. Yes. <laughs> it's, really it's really good. Um, I, it's, it's interesting. And even after 23 years in Army Special Operations, after I'm finishing up 25 years in law enforcement, I'll be retiring pretty soon from that, um, even after all that, until we jumped in and I jumped into the trauma work side of the house mm-hmm. to really just like going full at it, right? Um, I didn't realize the level of, of what we refer to as pre-service trauma. You can take so such a high percentage of people who are truly struggling, truly off the rails, uh, and, and, and you go back to like their early years and they brought so much of that with them and it's 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 not their fault when they hit the wall, all that catches up to them. So we have to go back and we have to work, work through that. It's not as, not as daunting as it sounds. It's not as hard to do as people think it is, but the truth is it's the only way to get to truly resolve the trauma and to move forward through it. So, and then when you think about it, we talk about what that kid lost on the way, say children in, in, in in abuse and victims, uh, collateral damage of domestic violence. They do lose a lot. But at mid-teens, upper-teens, they start seeing a possibility over there in first responders in military and law enforcement. Because why? Because it gives them all the things they lost. It gives them that sense of community, of family, of brotherhood, sisterhood, that safety, that security, that structure they didn't have. So if they've been lucky enough to either live through it um, or be able to move into an organization like that, they become very high performers. But that's where, where we step in and build these programs, too, because, again, when they hit a wall, it's all coming. It's all going to catch up. So it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. I think the, the fact that we're looking at getting in front of it and providing real solutions for the youth and providing mentorship and guidance and connection for them, um, I, I think it has all the potential to make a difference where nothing else has at this point. So. And it's the Operation Angel Wings Youth Outreach Program. I know we got to wrap it up. I can't believe we've been talking for a half hour. I could talk to you guys forever. <laughs> I guess we can invite the public to come on out mm-hmm. on October 8th, Museum of Appalachia. Do people have to sign up or register or anything like that? No. It's no. Open door, yeah. There is a, um, if you are a business leader and you would like to support the event, there we have certain tables that are reserved. It's two tables. I think it's 250 and then a table for eight is 500 you can buy that table your business logo will go on that table or table tent and then you can if you don't want to attend the event yourself you can donate that table to 
Mayor Terry Frank's veteran group that she has. So, Other than that, are we doing the $10 armband? Yeah, and then the, if you just want to walk in and just chance, like, not having a seat at a table, it's a $10 armband, and it's that's just to help with the food cost. So oh. you can um, donate to this program. You can come out and, and actually participate and, and actually support it that way. And um, I think we have a, a, on our, our Facebook page, Operation Angel Wing, there is a um, Eventbrite that you can go on. And then if you visit our website, which is operationangelwing.org, you can donate through there as well. But um, other than that, just like, you know, we welcome everyone in the community. I and think that, this is this is going to be a great event. I so agree. And it, no, go ahead. And, mm-hmm. and the thing is, you know, come out. B- bring your youth. If, if you don't have youth that they, that are coming with you, just come yourself and, and participate uh, on this connection. Because what's happened in the wake of, of COVID and all the years of disconnection is if we just become disconnected, if nothing else, this is a fantastic opportunity to reconnect on all levels in your community. And that's what we hope for. And if you're struggling and you, you're, you're listening to this, reach out to us so that we can help guide you. We can get you out of there. Don't stay in it. Mary Millsaps, Zeke Vanderpool, co-founders of Operation Angel Wing, as I mentioned, find out more information about the youth outreach program happening and their mission Everything else about him, OperationAngelWing.org. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to East Tennessee Now, a weekly public affairs program featuring some of the people and organizations that make Knoxville and East Tennessee such a great place to live. If you have a suggestion for the program, we'd love to hear from you. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 27100, Knoxville, Tennessee 37927, or call the studios at 865-525-6000. That's 865-525-6000. East Tennessee Now is a presentation of Midwest Communications Company.